Welcome to the Put Yourself First podcast. Inspiring conversations with badass women, empowering you to make time for your personal goals and put yourself first. Hello girls, happy Monday. This week I am sitting down with the lovely Chelsea founder and CEO of Well Defined. Chelsea is a total girl boss and I know, again, not everyone loves that saying, that phrase, but Chelsea does and she's all about the girl power, hashtag women supporting women vibes. So I am thrilled to be sharing this conversation with you today. I have known Chelsea for about probably just over a year now. Well defined, her business is all about elevating uh, female-led brands and businesses and female influencers. So we've linked up and collaborated on a number of different things, including projects that her clients have run. And I've also had some of the lovely ladies on her roster on the podcast before but I've never actually heard Chelsea's full background story. I knew that she had left a corporate career to pursue her own business. I knew that she was passionate about women in business and flexible working as a mum and embracing that work-life balance and not working crazy hours, but I never knew that she grew up in Spain and all these other really cool, inspiring things about her background that just make me respect her even more because she's worked really hard to get to where she is. So this is a perfect Monday motivation interview for you to hear, as are all the podcasts, but this one in particular because Chelsea is just so positive, such a ray of sunshine and I know you're going to love her too. Hi everyone, welcome back to Put Yourself First and welcome again for the second time on the podcast Mm. to Chelsea. Hi! Hi, thank you so much for coming on to chat with me today. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into your uh, business and have some really good like girl boss I know everyone hates that word but everyone <laughs> hates that phrase but I kind of love it still um chat today because I just think you're super inspiring like super hard working and I know like you're gonna have a lot of um like great tips and pieces of advice for us to take away whatever we do whether we you know whatever industry we work in oh thank you I was I I mean I absolutely love the podcast I love all the guests you have on and I think it's just so amazing that you've built this community around people that kind of really want to understand more about self-care and business and it's just such a lovely community that you've created thank you and yeah it's all possible because of women like you um getting involved and like actually agreeing to talk to me because if I was sat here talking by myself it wouldn't be as exciting (laughs) I'm sure it would (laughs) so yeah let so you've been on the podcast before 
but for anyone who's mm-hmm. not heard that episode um would you like to share a bit more about you your business and your sort of personal career background and how you got into working for yourself Mm-hmm. So I um, grew up in Spain. Um, I moved to Spain. Well, my parents moved me to Spain when I was eight um, and I was chucked into a Spanish school and kind of learned, picked up the language really quickly. Um, I didn't have a great time at Spanish school. It was um, quite hard being the only English child um, there. So I left really young. I left at 14 um, without any qualifications and kind of started down a path of um, working various jobs, kind of in bars, restaurants. Um, And there was kind of a real conversation happening within the English community at the time. There was kind of a real divide between the people that thoroughly enjoyed that lifestyle of kind of, you know, not giving a shit um working in bars and and not earning that much money you know that they didn't necessarily have ambition for career but I really felt differently to that I really really wanted to make something of myself I didn't know what I didn't know what I wanted to do I didn't have um any kind of bitterness or resentment towards me not having qualifications I just I didn't know if they were going to be important, if I was going to get anywhere without them. Um, so on my 18th birthday, I told my parents that I was moving back to the UK, which went down like an absolute lead balloon. Um, so I, I packed up and moved to London and kind of looking around for jobs. And, you know, even though I had all of this work experience, I mean, it's quite hard, I suppose, for any um, anyone to understand you know, an 18-year-old that's got four years work experience, mainly in bars, just doesn't sound right in this country. In Spain, that's totally normal. But, you know, in England, it's kind of like, is this made up? And, you know, so there was a lot of questions around that. And and as it transpired, you know, qualifications were um, important. Um, so I wasn't really getting anywhere. And I'd actually booked my flight back to Spain. Um, I think it was a couple of weeks before Christmas. And I'd kind of gave up on the idea that I was going to make anything of myself in London and use kind of the last bit of money that I had saved up to book this flight back and I happened to be walking around Debenhams and um, went on to the Long Kong concession to buy my mum a Christmas present and got talking to the girl there and she ended up offering me a part-time job <laughs> on this concession um, so I decided to stay and kind of um, that was the start, I would say, of my career with L'Oreal. Within six months, I was promoted to account manager. And then from then on, I kind of worked my way up to become a business manager. And I was with them for six years and I won various awards and I had a, a fantastic career with them. Um, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter and decided that actually I don't think I want to go back to this high pressured um, stress kind of invoking job so I actually handed my notice in upon um telling them that I was going on you know that I was pregnant um and it was it was I suppose a bit of a shock move for them because no one's ever done that before but I knew it I absolutely knew that um if I was to go back after having my daughter that they would expect me to work to the capacity that I had been working before and I didn't want to put myself under that pressure. But I also didn't want anyone to feel that I wasn't capable. I suppose it was a bit of both. So um, after I had my daughter, um, I decided I wanted something that was more office-based. So I took a job at The Telegraph as um, a sales exec, which was a, a massive um, 
what do you call it degrade is it degrade the downgrade downgrade of wage (laughs) decrease of wage from what I had been earning um but it was just more the craving of a nine to five um whilst I was a single mom you know trying to trying to juggle everything um but I mean to be honest I kind of took the telegraph job with me starting my own business in mind I was never meant to be there as long as I was but as it um as these things happen I was then part of the team that launched Europe's largest fitness festival um which I went on to lead from a business perspective um so I I worked my way up to essentially head of commercial within five years um and then uh, it, it was my responsibility really to kind of start forecasting the next five years. So I put forward a five-year plan. Off the back of that, the Telegraph decided to sell the brand, which was a massive kick in the um, vagina. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I decided to seek a large amount of private investment to attempt to buy the brand. But unfortunately, I was outbid. So it was classed as a, as a failed um, management buyout. Um, and that's what led me to launch Well Defined. I kind of had already knew that I wanted my own business going through the management buyout process. Um, and I really wanted to support women in the wellness industry and kind of use my expertise and knowledge to support female led brands. That's a, that was a long story, wasn't it? But a super inspiring one. <laughs> and I think, yeah, I love I love going right back because for one, <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I had no idea you were, you were grew up in Spain yeah That's so really then cool. it's I always get I, I never know where to start when people say tell me about you I'm like where do I start you know from the moment that I came out of the womb or you know where where is the beginning I don't really know so I, I kind of that used that kind of me moving back from Spain as my starting point in the hope that it doesn't I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years time when my story's much longer I'll probably end up having to start a little bit later I guess <laughs> but I I love that story of um, not accepting the status quo, even though, you know, the status quo when you were growing up was very different culturally to how it is in the UK. I think mm-hmm. that's su- it's such a brave thing to do to say, I actually don't want to do this. I want to do something completely different, e- even if, you know, like you say, your, your family are disappointed about it or other people around you think you're absolutely insane you're just like no I just want to move to the UK and build like a more like a career that works more for me yeah and I yeah I guess I think a lot of my friends kind of um that I grew up with really went down kind of the drugs and drink path because it was so freely available then um but it was never something that um attracted me I, I I think I've always known that I wanted to do more with my life it was never a case of just um living day by day I, I don't think I, I've ever been that person I've always liked to be able to plan my life um yeah. so yeah what do you I know this is a really cheesy question but mm. you it sounds like everywhere you've been work-wise you've quickly like got into your own groove and built yourself up in that company what would you Mm. what would you attribute to your like success as a career woman but also now a businesswoman as well I think it's 
I've always wanted to prove, you know, it actually does go back to the conversations that I was having, you know, as a young teenager in Spain and people saying, you know, you'll never amount to anything living here. You know, you've got no qualifications. What are you going back to London for? You know, you're not going to get anywhere. And it's actually, I think it's a continuous um, want to prove to myself that I can be better um, and I can be the best. I don't have to have a university degree. I don't have to have... Um, I didn't have to be born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I didn't have to um, have followed the status quo, as you said, to um, make something of myself, I guess. And then obviously once I had my daughter and I was a single mum, I think it was all it what what motivated me was wanting not wanting her necessarily to have the life that I did um, to actually have a life where she had as um options I guess yeah that's really inspiring so well defined so you're all about you know girl power girl boss vibes like you're all about empowering women uplifting women and you exclusively work with women in your business now don't you yes yes so would you like to go into more of you know the ethos and like why you specifically choose to work with the clients that you do? So I I live my life by two mottos, one of which is babes supporting babes, and the second of which is connections over competitors. They're the two things that I absolutely live by on a day-to-day basis. And I think it massively stems from my experience with with both of the um, large brands that I worked with, so kind of in the corporate world. You know, one of which was um, very female led, which was obviously the beauty brand. But I found that women within that environment were so bitchy. It was horrendous to to watch. It was horrendous to see. Um, and, And a lot of the time it was kind of the older generation doing it to the younger generation. And I really I was kind of always the um, I'm a very righteous person. If I see something that's unfair or unjust, I have to act on it. Um, so I was always kind of, you know, the protector of, of the of kind of the the young ones that joined. And then obviously in, in in the second part of my corporate career, if you like, it was very male dominated. But what I found that made women want to compete with each other on such a level that it almost became well, it was unbearable. So and I, I don't I'm not um a believer I, I I don't get involved in bitchiness and I don't get involved in competitiveness because I just don't believe in in either of them I think your only competition is yourself and being a better version of yourself and making your business a better version of itself um so that's kind of where I and I really want to instill that in other people um I really want people to see that they don't have to compete, that, you know, brands don't have to spend half their time looking at what their competitors are doing. You know, they should be spending that time building connections and equally individuals shouldn't be concentrating on what other individuals are doing. It's all about you and and how you can grow your business. And I guess the other part of the reason I wanted to exclusively work with women in business and female led brands was because I find that women find it much harder to talk about money um so whether that's you know chasing money setting targets proactively outreaching for financial opportunities you know all of that it that's a big part of what I help them do because to me talking about money figures numbers is second nature 
due to my corporate career. So I don't have a problem with that. And it's kind of trying to instill that confidence in them to be able to discuss finances. Um, So, yeah, so they're kind of the two main reasons behind exclusively working with women. Yeah, I can completely resonate with that as a female entrepreneur as well. Um, The money conversation, the confidence, the comparison and competitiveness is just, yeah, I think it is ingrained in us a little bit from, Mm. you know, society messages, even when it comes to ridiculous things like, those who wore it best dresses in magazines like if you see that every week growing up like you do you do start to register that subconsciously yeah I completely agree and and you know I have been there I do occasionally get a twang of of competitiveness um but probably not in the way that um other people so I, I I don't necessarily compare myself to anyone else because I don't think I can because my story and my background and my business is so different but I suppose my competitiveness comes from the 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 one the successes of others I would get I would I guess you would put it that way Mm. yeah yeah I like that so so what does well-defined offer to your clients and I'm really also really interested to know um how you went about landing those first few clients and connecting with them because I think Mm. your message is so clear and what you're passionate about is so clear that it's easy to it's easy to move away from that when you first start because you're starting a business and you've just left your corporate career and you just want that secure finances coming in so how did you go about landing your first clients and really getting that message across to work with those specific types of women who were interested in, you know, collaboration of competition and uplifting other women and all these other uh, principles that you live by. Mm, so I think um, so. Well defined is very much split in two. So you have the brand side, which is female-led brands, um, and then you have the individual slight side, which I guess, for want of a better word in inverted commas you would call them influencers it's not necessarily a term I agree with but that is what they are known as um I I think from a brand perspective I was in a, a position where you know following me leaving my corporate um position people were very aware of me within the b2b industry wellness industry um so I was fortunate enough to be able to bag a couple of clients fairly you know straight away kind of step in straight into those roles and and what I do to support brands is very much around commercial and event strategies commercial outreach so securing sponsorship um, or looking over their event strategies seeing how they can save money looking over their commercial strategies to see if I can find revenue streams that perhaps um, they haven't looked at or how I can improve revenue streams Um, sales training so I do quite a lot of bespoke sales training for staff and putting together sales training programs for brands and then in terms of the from an influencer side um, it's all about making money and noise and I very much see those hand in hand I don't like sometimes people kind of say well you're a talent manager or you're an agent or you're a PR manager I don't see it as anything like that I'm still yet to find a word to actually say what it is that I do but ultimately it's supporting them 
in their business development so you know whether that is a PR opportunity a financial opportunity a marketing opportunity it's kind of making the most of um, you know what they've got going on but also putting plans in place because I I find that kind of individuals influencers you know it's a very month by month um, you know they work very much month by month and actually putting a plan in place and being able to see where they can go and also you know future proofing their business by not relying so much on social media and actually having something outside of social media that's bringing their money in is so important so that's what I work on with them um I would say in terms of attracting them again it it did very much start off as word of mouth um because it's not really something anybody else offers um so I guess, you know, I was fortunate in that in in the sense of already having some connections, which obviously then create a spider web of connections. And yeah, so that's kind of how I got to where I am today. That's really cool. Yeah, I can just I always anticipate what people are thinking and asking whilst listening. And I know that it's so tempting when you're first starting out. Um, to just take on whatever work, whatever clients, mm. whatever, you know, jobs you can get. But um, having a really clear-cut message, you've obviously attracted like amazing clients who you've got that re- like long-term relationship with, and you're so invested in the message they're sharing. They're invested in you, and like they feel supported by you because of who you are and what you stand for. Mm, I mean, don't get me wrong. Very much at the beginning, I was very tempted to break my brand values um for the sake of money you know I went from a corporate job that was paying I was head of commercial I was earning a a hell of a lot of money for making a corporate company a lot of money you know so so to go from um to go from that to, to earning you know way below probably any of the wages I've ever started on um in any of the jobs that I've been in um it was very tempting to kind of jump at every opportunity but I do I am a massive believer in the law of attraction um and I do believe that if you put out what you want eventually it will come back to you and how that's looked or how that's disguised you know I don't know um it's I suppose it depends very much on the business um but for me you know saying no to things was actually quite powerful and I actually think it was quite a powerful um thing to put out to the universe you know I was so sure of what I wanted from my clients that um I was I was um prepared to say no to to money that I could have easily taken yeah that's really powerful and like really really scary move to make but Mm. I think yeah long it's a (laughs) lot it's like a long-term commitment in what you want for your life and your the rest of your career isn't it yeah and I think for me there was no choice like in terms when I say that I'm never going to go back to corporate ever 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 like I don't care if I end up having to take a part-time job in Costa Coffee or not that there's anything wrong by the way with taking a part-time job in Costa Coffee but for me I am never going back to I am I am now unemployable I couldn't work for a corporate company now so actually I have no choice I have to make it work um so I guess for me um 
you know, saying no to those things, you know, because I know what I want to work with. So I would rather say no and have to take a part time job somewhere else. Does this make sense? Or am I kind of going off on a tangent? So I, yeah, I say exactly the same thing. I'm unemployable. (laughs) Yeah, I am unemployable completely. And and I want to forevermore be self-employed. And, you know, I'd love to think that well-defined, um will will last forever and 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 maybe it will kind of pivot or it will change its form or or whatever but I am so sure of my brand values that I would rather take a part-time job working for somebody else if it meant that I wasn't getting enough work through well to find than say yes to something that didn't match my brand values that's what I was trying to say <laughs> I got it that. out <laughs> I, yeah I, I love that and I 100% agree. I feel exactly the same. So for other women in business, female entrepreneurs, maybe just, you know, people who are thinking about starting and growing their own business, um, you're all about like amplifying messages and ethos and getting the word out there. What are your what are the top sort of principles and things you're looking at when it comes to building that brand awareness as in this case as a female entrepreneur I think the fact the first and most important thing is being true to yourself about what you want so so many times I'll have initial meetings with clients and I'll say well how much money do you want to earn and they don't want to answer the question but actually you need to know that you need to be true to yourself um you know and be honest with yourself what do you want to get out of your business you know are you happy earning a five-figure salary six-figure you know do you want it to be a one day in a, a million pound turnover you know whatever it is be honest with it don't be scared of it and don't be embarrassed about wanting to earn money um but being true and honest about your business and, and what you want it to be, what your values are, you, what you want it to turn over, what you want to get out of it, you know, whether that's more than income. I'm a massive believer in impact over income and focusing on the impact of a business. Um, so I think being true and honest about, yeah, being true and, true and honest to yourself about yourself and about your business is kind of key. Um knowing your value you know again this is something I find so much with with everyone I work for you know the the immediate offer of discount to clients if they if they kind of it you know feeling a little bit unsure about what they're charging for things you know it you have to really know your worth because in this in the world of self-employment nobody's going to kind of be there sat on your shoulders unless you're working with me (laughs) saying um you know you should be charging more you kind of need to be able to do it for yourself so you know and and actually to start with I didn't really know what I should be charging for what I was doing and I probably did undersell myself a fair few times but I certainly don't do that anymore because I've learned from those mistakes but I also know what I'm what I'm now worth to companies you know being able to teach people how to sell or negotiate you know that's it's kind of a very high value service um for for a brand or an individual and and it's you know equal to anybody that's offering a service a freelance marketing manager you know being able to teach someone how to market their brand is a high value service being able to teach someone how to shout about their brand is a high value service being able to coach someone to feel more confident or you know in the direction of their life is a high value service and I think that perhaps women don't give themselves enough credit in that area so um yeah know your value I would say is the second one um 
third I would say kind of ask for opportunities you know they're not just going to appear you really do have to kind of find this inner Sasha Fierce confidence and kind of step out and and ask for the opportunities that you want the worst that can happen is that they say no um and finally always focus on connections not competitors so really try not to not see competitors only see connections um I truly believe that that is the way forward and it's what's definitely worked for me one of the biggest areas I see women struggling with confidence is putting themselves out there but specifically on social media the amount of people who I meet who say like oh I couldn't do a Instagram story or I couldn't I couldn't ask people to hire me or I couldn't you know do any of these things put their face on a video or whatever how how do you like if you do um deal with that with your clients and what would your advice be specifically for women who know what they want um know that you know what they do is good the work that they do is good but they're just struggling to actually put themselves out there and show Mm. their face and ask for ask for the sale or ask for the event ticket or whatever it might be I think for me it's really focusing on on the impact of what you want to do generally I will find well I think every single one of my clients have a message or a um a change you know that they want to do behind their business and it's really focusing on that that gets people talking um because you kind of see it in kind of lights lights them up when they talk about the changes that they want to make or the positive impact that they want to have um equally like when I do sales training programs and I'm doing a sales workshop I'll ask every person in that room to bring in something that they're passionate about and actually you know that I've had like people bring in cakes that they've baked I've had holiday photos I've had all sorts and it's basically just to see the light in their eyes and the fire in their belly when they're talking about it um and it it, it's then kind of being able to pass that over to when they're talking about themselves and their services and that's kind of the work that I do with them around kind of sales confidence um but it really is about having an impact and a message um and I generally find that women know what that is already sometimes even before they've started monetizing their business they already know what impact what positive impact they want to have on their world on their clients you know on their own life you know even if it's something as basic as I want to go against the grain I don't want to be a nine-to-five office worker um that is still impactful you know because it's still inspiring for other people to know that story so that's obviously then something that you would start to unravel and that's where you create your content around talking about your transition from corporate to self-employed and so on and so forth so there's always a story that can be unraveled and generally I find people are more passionate talking about that than their services. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so true. And that's a really natural way to sell your service without actually selling. selling. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't think I've ever, no, I haven't. I've never sold, bar one workshop, I've never sold anything through my social media platform. Um, not because I haven't needed to, but because for me, actually people 
getting to know my message and then contacting me. You know, a lot of the times my clients will come on board off the back of us doing some content together or, you know, I have a fortnightly girl gang newsletter that goes out to my database and sometimes clients will get in touch, um, people will get in touch to offer content and they will, they will then become a client because we've, you know, we've had great conversations and then they found out what it is that I do and, and and for me that is so much more impactful and creates such a, a, a much more long-standing relationship than than a straight-up sell but that doesn't mean that people should be afraid to ask for the sale I think you know I'm never afraid to ask for the sale if, if push came to shove I'd be the first one knocking at every influencer's door saying you need me and you're going to take me on you know but um, actually for me it's it's much more about and also, you know, sales has has this kind of high pressure stereotype attached to it. And I want to create a different way of selling, which is a lot calmer and, and I suppose a lot more feminine. Um, so, yeah, so I always concentrate on impact first and income after, which might sound a bit mad from a business perspective, but it works. <laughs> Yeah, it's a funny like counterintuitive thing, isn't it? That when yeah. you, when you stop for when you say what you want money wise, I think that's important as you've said. Mm. But then it's almost like taking the pressure off that the outcome and focusing on the impact, and then yeah, the exactly. money come the money comes anyway, and more money comes because of mm. that. It's a weird. I, I do I do really believe that. You know, I can re- I, I remember at the start of the year, I um. I think I, I can't even remember how much I turned over now it, it wasn't an awful lot for a month and I you know I can remember sitting down and really putting my plan in place and saying you know I want to be a turning over this by August and kind of not focusing on how it was more just con- continuously focusing on it's going to happen and it yeah. did and I think for me it was all about um not looking for it which again is so counterintuitive because you know for any business that needs to hit targets you should be out there looking for it but it it kind of happened because I wasn't out there looking for it you know yeah it, it it's an odd one but I think once you start working that way it's very natural way of working yeah and as a service provider people can like and when it's just you you're a one-woman band people can really tell the energy that you're putting into something and if you do have if you do if you did have that buy stuff from me buy stuff from me buy stuff from me sort of energy then it it does come across in your content I feel oh it does 100% I I see accounts all the time that I that just turned me right off I'm just like I can't you know at the moment there's a real thing going around I, I don't know if it is a new pyramid scheme or not but there's a new thing going around um you know unlocking the Instagram algorithms and you're paying I don't know to go on a course or whatever it is and there seems to be a real thing at the moment um for face on on Facebook and for me that's just, you know the way they word things the way they approach it it's a real cold way of selling and for me personally that's not you know even if I was looking for a social media service it just wouldn't turn me on yeah yeah it's all it's all about numbers isn't it make Mm. how I how I made six figures in six Mm. hours yeah that's it yeah (laughs) bullshit (laughs) (laughs) so um 
before we head into the quick round, mm. I wanted to ask specifically for any advice that you wish that you'd had when you were first starting out as well. So if anyone mm. is listening and they're thinking about maybe starting a business or they've just started, if you could go back to that time, what would you wish someone had told you? Um, don't fear failure. I think it's definitely up there. Um, you know, the, I, I think for me, I've always been, I guess, portrayed in a sense as this real strong person. Um, and actually, you know, I am just a human being. And, and I think when I started out, some advice that would have been really handy was that this was going to be an emotional journey and, um, to kind of prepare myself more for that side rather than just focusing on the business side. So I guess preparing yourself emotionally for it, um, and not fear, not fearing failure. So knowing that, you know, as a business, as a self-employed person, you kind of have to learn to be flexible and be prepared to pivot the business at any point. Um, so not fearing that, you know, if something doesn't work out, try something new. If a client decides they don't want to work with you anymore, then, you know, you'll get another client. You know, it's I think sometimes when you're self-employed, it's really easy to sink in this kind of big black hole of doom <laughs> for even the tiniest thing. But actually keep reminding yourself about how far you've come. The fact that you're even thinking about going self-employed, you know, that's a big mindset shift if you're working for somebody else so that's already you know you've taken a journey mentally um so be proud of that and 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 kind of action it um without fear and and I know it's so much easier said than done but honestly once you've taken that leap of faith once you've once you've become self-employed you will not want to go back and your the money will come and it's yeah it's it's yeah it's a hard one really to kind of but it goes back to the counterintuitive stuff we were kind of talking about earlier you know you kind of have to take that leap of faith to then be open to the opportunities that are going to come your way so yeah um I think knowing that it'll be a complete roller coaster um but if you're thinking about going self-employed then you probably um kind of have that entrepreneurial spirit so you'll be relatively fine with that um I think getting a freelance lawyer and accountant for me was an absolute lifesaver you know trying to get together contracts by myself or do my accounts such a waste of time it's not my area of expertise I'm better off putting my time elsewhere so pay people you know delegate it 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 really matters because it's only you and and you're also if you're offering a service business essentially you're selling your brain so you need to make sure that's healthy. You need to make sure you're getting enough sleep. So anything you can delegate from a freelance perspective, do so. Um, build a tribe. Self-employment can be really lonely. Um, so find a tribe of people that you can rant with, that you can celebrate with, that you can ask advice from. It's so important. And I think getting a mentor, you know, obviously I mentor various people, but I, I too have a mentor, someone that I, that holds me account, that, that can, yeah, that holds me accountable for, for my actions. Um, 
and also advises me and and kind of gives me a pat on the back sometimes because come on we all like a pat on the back now and again don't we um <laughs> yeah so yeah so getting a mentor and finally you know in, enjoy the journey because it is one of life's biggest adventures and you know the fact that you're even able to consider self-employment means you're in a real place of privilege so really enjoy that and 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 make it your own that's fantastic advice thank you nice. I'm feeling so inspired oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love everything that you said and I totally agree about the mindset stuff I think when you when you're starting out it's so easy to get so focused on the practical that Mm. you you never actually take a a step back to consider things like your mental health how much sleep you're getting how um resilient your you know your mindset is and your belief system and all these other things that seem really fluffy but they're yeah. the, they're the things that on on the hard days you need to fall back on oh yeah absolutely I can remember the first time you know the realization hit me that it's actually my brain that I'm selling you know that I don't have a product I don't have um you know anything physical I'm selling me but my brain not my body <laughs> um so I think yeah, it's it's a real kind of um, realisation that you really do need to look after yourself. And it's so easy when you start out to think that you can take on everything because, you know, you probably can. You probably can, you know, do your accounts to a certain level and your contracts to a certain level. But, you know, you, eventually you're going to need help and you may as well start out with that help and free up more time to do the stuff that you need to do and that are a, that is a priority. Yeah. Love it. Okay, quick round questions that I ask every guest at the end. You'll be familiar with these, Mm -hmm. but would you like to tell us, number one, your go-to self-care ritual? So spending time with Ruby, um, I love a bath and reading. I I love reading. Reading's like my absolute meditation slash self-care slash everything, escapism, everything. Yeah. What is challenging you to leave your comfort zone recently? Um, my plans for next year, which is going to force me to be a bit more of a face of well-defined. I'm just about to take on, well, she starts actually in October, a full-time um, brand manager, which is really exciting, but it's really scary at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's pushing me a little bit. That's so, that's so exciting. It really is, so yeah. You won't, so you won't be a one-woman band by the time this podcast goes up? No, I won't. That's crazy. <laughs> I know. Really cool. Yeah. So what are your goals for the rest of this year moving into 2020? I think for me, you know, and, and for every business this year, it's a real focus on data. I think um, for me, it's about building my subscriber base to my girl gang. That's kind of a big goal for me. Um and, and continuing to create good content for that um, but also to have the complete 2020 plan in place I don't want to go into next year not knowing exactly what I'm you know planning what exactly what I want to achieve for next year so so those two things cool and do you have a resource that you are loving recently that you'd recommend to everyone 
Um, so I just finished Vex King's book, which is Good Vibes, Good Life, which is a really simple Allure of Attraction book that I would really, really um, recommend. Um, I've also just discovered Found and Flourish, which is a, a, a networking um, platform for women in business in London, which I love. I met the ladies last week and, and they're all so lovely. And again, it's just about expanding the connections and network. And Pinterest continues forever to be a resource mm-hmm. of inspiration for me. I can sit for hours looking through, at the, which you could probably guess based on my Instagram um, page, um, that that's pretty much where all of my inspiration comes from. I just love a good quote. Last but not least, mm-hmm. uh, where can people go to follow you online and find out more about working with you? Mm-hmm. So um, Instagram is probably um the best place so that's at well-defined underscore um my email address is chelsea at welldefined.co.uk um and you can go to my website www.welldefined.co.uk um to sign up to my girl girl gang newsletter um so yeah there's lots of ways that you can find me cool and your girl gang newsletter for anyone listening is really really good so you feature an interview every week on that don't you yeah so so I really wanted to create something that kind of really championed women in business so um it focuses on events that are happening um an interview every fortnight with some with a woman with oh god I can't get my words out anymore (laughs) do you want want to start again I think it's nearly lunchtime (laughs) um so with a woman that's either taken the leap from you know corporate to self-employed or or somebody that offers a service-based business and then an article on something that's kind of on trend um so yeah so there's always a few a, a nice features in there um and again it, you know that they're, they're all part of my network the ladies that I feature which is really nice to um to do for them yeah yeah I I loved being a part of it so oh. yeah I will link everything in the show notes for you guys to check out like I said sign up to the girl gang newsletter it's amazing um go follow Chelsea like sc- make sure you screenshot and tag us in your stories listening and if anyone wants to personally reach out to you to ask you questions or chat with you, should should they DM you? Should they email you? How can people get in touch? Either, to be honest, um, email's always better because it comes straight to me. And DM sometimes, somebody else might pick it up. But yeah, generally, um, either or. Cool. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank <laughs> you guys for listening. We, we will speak to you soon. As I said, we would love you to carry on the conversation with us on social media. Chelsea and I are both always hanging out on Instagram most days and we'd love you to screenshot this podcast or you can DM us if you want to chat directly and if you're sharing on your Instagram or stories, just make sure you tag us so we can say thank you for listening and we can carry on the chat and hear what you think of this podcast. What was your main takeaway? Is there anything in particular that really inspired you about Chelsea's story? Does it resonate with you? So let us know and we can't wait to catch up with you soon.
If you've been listening for a while or maybe this is your first one, either way I just wanted to say thank you so much. Your support means the world and I would love you to do a couple things to support the podcast and make sure that it's reaching a global audience of women and empowering women to put themselves first because that is the reason I get out of bed in the morning, that's the reason I spend hours working on this podcast to share with you every week. So make sure you're subscribed, this means a lot because A, it means you'll never miss an episode because it will automatically download into your podcast app and it also tells Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, it tells the robots behind all these apps that the podcast is great and then that means other people find it in search results too. And B, I would also really, really appreciate you leaving a rating and review. This only takes a couple minutes. If you're an iPhone user, please leave hopefully a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. If the podcast has inspired you, if it's added value to your life, if you've got any tangible takeaways and tips that have really helped you and you've applied them then I would love you to share that in a review it would mean a lot and again it really helps boost the podcast in the charts if you're a high low listener (laughs) you'll know that reference and if you're a high low listener then you're my kind of gal anyway we're going off on a tangent now I love you girls so much it means the world to have your support and for you to tune in and speak to you on Friday for another coaching episode.